0: Sumte Miguel Arcangele Defende nos empuelio Contra Nequetium et Encidias de Esto Priosidium Imperate Deus Supleces de Pregamor Tuque Princeps Melices Celestes by the power of God thrust into the hell Satan and with him those evil spirits who
1: prowl about the world for the ruin of souls. So, Chase, I need to publicly apologize to you. You
0: Apologize for what?
1: Calling you, uh, well, basically accusing you of being a pedophile when you were younger.
0: Wow.
1: Okay. (laughs) I just want the public to know that you're not a creep.
2: Wait. Wait, when did you say?
0: It was literally the whole comment was, well, I mean, Chase has sent some weird things to FEMO Myers when he was young.
1: Yeah, I want, I was trying to derail his thought pro, uh, pattern, and it didn't really work, but I found it funny, so now I'm here to apologize. You
2: know, in my head, I was like just thinking like a love letter or something. <laughs> I mean, That's what, what know, I was trying like, to go with. Like flowers or something. I, I, I didn't take it down the road of use condoms to, to your lovers. No, they was, weren't his lovers. They were just admirers.
0: Admirers. No, I was thinking more like a dead rat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, is that symbolism for something? No. You, it was practicing witchcraft? I was a witch. Yeah. Yep, I knew I it. I was a witch. You in I knew it uh, all folklore? Folklore? Olivia,
0: Olivia. Okay, whatever. You know, I appreciate it, Hunter. You're Thank welcome.
1: you. I had to say sorry. You're that's here. okay.
0: I on air. We got the on air apology. I love you, buddy. Because I was gonna say, I'm not a pedophile.
1: You aren't. Hunter's a liar. He's not a pedophile, <laughs> and I mean that. I mean that. But you know, we all were little horny teenagers, and that's gonna play into today's episode a little bit. Is it? Yeah. Okay. We'll it's well, up for debate.
0: I don't know, Hunter. I think he's, Hunter's gonna try and drop another truth problem on me. Nah, that I'm not more, sure if it's right or not.
1: This is more uh, dysphoria with Adrian's body.
2: We'll talk more about it later.
1: <laughs>
2: I, I, I can't deal with this episode already.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Stuck in this Purgatory. As always, in Purgatory is your host, Chase. And joining me in Purgatory is my two co-hosts, H-Dog. Thank you. I appreciate it. Love you, buddy. Love you, too. And I don't have something cl-
2: clever for it kfa today
1: just read his, read his hoodie i think it's kind of funny it's kind of meme he
2: is a peacock <laughs> i am graduated peacock are you proud of that i am proud of it i'm the only one here that could sit here and show off my degree
1: hey i technically went to a technical college and got a degree
2: to be fair Katy perry did
0: want to see your peacock
1: what that is did true. she visit your school
0: what no what? her what? song what? let me see your peacock cock cock your uh, peacock you don't remember that
1: yeah. I kind of lost my love for Katy Perry after her crazy ex boyfriends, ex husbands escapade.
0: I, I don't really remember that, but it was funny that we were talking about Katy Perry because I saw a video the other day and I guess she was on like some Nickelodeon Awards thing. Yeah. And it just shows her absolutely getting fucking blasted in the face by herself.
2: She got slimed. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, is Katy Perry the one that's like fully for aliens now? No, that's Demi Lovato. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. Remember, she,
1: Demi Lovato thinks that uh, that that ghost was sexually abused, and, yes. and she was uh, singing to it so it'd feel better. Yes,
0: and so she is going to be the um, harcon, if you want to call her that, of taking care of the aliens and making sure that they don't feel abused or neglected.
1: Well, well, at least we sent America's finest to represent our country. I mean, our world, right? I. I can make so many comments right now, but I'm not.
2: <laughs> it's all, not all I'm thinking about is the comedy movie "The Interview," where uh, Kim Jong Un and uh, what's the actor's name? With James Franco? Yeah, James Franco singing the song "Firework." Well, oh yeah. Well, he shoots the missile right at Kim Jong Un. <laughs> yeah.
1: Baby, you're a firework. Come on, let your colors burst.
2: Wow, we're big fans here. Say
1: ah ah ah. You know what's fun? Actually, fun fact. Before we move on, in because uh, I went to Lakewood High School's prom, she actually they won a competition and she came to their high school. Do you remember that, Chase?
0: I do remember that. That's kind of fucked up, dude. Why did Lakewood High School get all the good shit?
1: Because they're rich as shit and they had that crazy <sighs> with the IV program and all that I know that shit. they got to send IB. Some... Not IV.
0: Whatever. Not IV, Who cares? Yeah. College educated. Fuck in. up. No one asked you. Yeah. Privileged ass. You drink your weird ass Dutch Bros.
1: Yeah. What are you? Do- what is that, anyways?
2: It's an aftershock.
0: It's literally sugar on top of sugar on top of sugar. We had a bet to to see who would lose the most weight, and this motherfucker's pounding down pizza and Dutch bros.
2: I just moved into a house.
1: No, you
0: didn't move into a house. You're still... Yeah, you really (laughs) haven't. (laughs) You haven't even moved in yet.
2: You own a
1: home, and you don't live in it. Who buys a house and waits that long? Bitch, I I, I moved in a snowstorm, and I got the movers in right away.
2: Colin waited two months. Yeah, but he was scraping his house. I'm doing all of that. He he didn't didn't wait two months. Yeah, he did. What? I think we're getting off topic. So let's talk about the hormone no. hormonal teens. No. <laughs> no. I, I'm I'm putting you on the spot.
1: Okay. Move into your goddamn house. I don't you think will. he waited
0: two months. I think he moved right in and he just tore his whole house apart. So now he lives in a fucking shell of a husk of a home.
1: It is <laughs>
0: <laughs> for the last four
1: years. I love, I'm going to shout call it out here, that for the last four years, he hasn't had handrails on his stairs, and it's such a hazard, a safety <laughs> hazard. How many times I've heard one of them falling down those goddamn stairs. Put some goddamn rails up, Colin. Listen to this fucking episode. Put your rails up.
0: The vanity was more important.
1: Oh, yeah. the van- Oh, and your washer and dryer was more important, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Fucking weirdo. Oh. All right. So... What are we talking about today? I don't
0: even know if we should be sticking with what we've done so far, but hey, we're working with it. Yeah. So, (laughs) we have, uh, in the past, we've talked about a couple stories that we've had, as well as some stories um, that are well-known out there, and our next episode actually involves a good friend of ours. He'll be a guest on the show. And he has some very amazing and spooky, scary stories from when he lived in his aunt's house for a little while. These are all attributed, I think, in our opinion, to poltergeist activity.
2: Ooh, What's a poltergeist? A poltergeist? Well, let's first dissect the word of poltergeist. It comes from German background, where polter... Means noise or racket, and Geist means spirit. It basically means it's a disembodied spirit or supernatural force created with certain malicious or disturbing phenomena, such as inexplicable noises, sudden wild movements, or breakage of household items.
1: I think that's what I think about when I think of poltergeist: is objects being thrown at great forces, or you know, just general disarray of someone's home when a poltergeist is present.
0: Well, they also talk about um, fires, them setting fires of things, which yes. leads into one of our stories today.
1: Interesting. Yes.
0: So, I mean, they're basically like poltergeists are, I would say, the boogeyman of spirits and the paranormal because they actually interact with our everyday, that we everything that we do. So... When you see these, you don't really see these paranormal entities, um, but you do see the things that they do. When you watch videos, you're watching them throw around chairs or uh, throwing dishes or making racket, but you never actually see anything. Occasionally, you see an orb in some of these videos that you see, but it's mostly just the destruction that they cause around them.
1: We would probably be bold enough to say that poltergeists aren't the most common and most famous ghost type as in most cultures, different words, different phrases revolve around poltergeist activity. It's a, it's a spirit that sometimes possesses a particular location, but mostly possesses a particular person and disturbs. It's a very, um, how do I say it? It's a very mischievous ghost. Not always super malevolent. It doesn't actually cause harm. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it does damage the property. But a lot of times it's just a spirit that likes to just fuck
2: with your your property, which, yeah, I like that. When I was doing research, it brought me back to the folklore episode where Hunter brings up the cleaning trolls and how if you piss them off, they'd start messing with your stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, maybe poltergeists are just trolls.
1: I wonder that. They're the trolls of the spirit world. They just like to fuck with you.
2: They're the anti-cleaning trolls. They're the Reddit of ghost spirits.
1: The butthole. Satan's butthole of, (laughs) of the internet. But I, I, one thing that we – this is the interesting thing about poltergeists is they date back as far as, as history we can really tell. Even back to the first century, there's some evidence of poltergeists. There's – the problem with poltergeists, and this is where I'm skeptical on on the actual phenomenon, is there is a ton of evidence from certain cases, certain households, certain individuals over the years. But there's also almost more cases of fraud where people – have used what they thought might have been a little bit of poltergeist activity and they've blown it up into a sideshow attraction where people go to visit and and see this and they end up making money off of it. There's a lot of hoax
2: around poltergeist. Uh, So that, that kind of brings us into the outline of this episode. We're going to be going over a few famous events as well as some that we really like and want to speak about as well as going over the signs if you have a guys, and basically just giving you guys our opinion on certain ones that are maybe hoax, or they're true, or they were true and then the people saw what they could gain from the guys activity, and then they started making hoax from it.
1: And I think we should end the, uh, the episode with some of our opinions, some of the science, if if at all quantifiable some things, some theories around poltergeist. It's a very controversial topic. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty opinionated on if poltergeists are real or not, so we'll get to that. But I think at this point, we need to just go over some of the history, some famous stuff, kind of tickle your buttholes a little bit on, on some fun facts and whatnot about El poltergeist.
2: Well, would go into what the popular belief of poltergeist activity is, which is it appears to concentrate on particular member of a family. Often an adolescent, its object being harassment or rarely physical harm. When strangers are present, the unusual phenomena... Wow, I can't speak today. phenomena. Phenomena. Phenomena Often cease. A large portion of those reported to be victimized suffer from hysteria. In many instances, the activities attribute... To poultry guys which have been explained as natural phenomena.
1: All I'm saying is if you think there's a
2: <laughs> phenomena. Phenomenon. <Phen-na. laughs> Let's break this word phenomena. down.
0: Phenomena.
2: Phenomena. Phenomena. Na ni ma. alama. <laughs> <laughs> nah, say it all fast. All together fast. Phenomena.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it phenomenon? Are you Well s- phenomenon. You
0: phenomenon phenomena is
1: I think the plural for phenomenon. And what are you saying, Adrian? Say it again. Phanonoma. Anemonopoeia. Anemone. He's anemone. 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 <laughs> here's, here's the weird thing about is this A lot of times when people think they have a poltergeist, right? Let's just take scenario A. We have Chase's house, right? And he sees a book fly off the shelf or he sees um, some papers move, right? Light objects. A lot of times in, in history in these, these poltergeist activities – they're just natural phenomena. You leave a you leave a a window open. There's been links to seismic activity, magnetic activity, um, even drafts from from fire fireplaces have caused things to move. What doesn't make sense to me as we'll dive deeper on some of these stories is when a chair moves or a bed is flipped over. That's where eh, I don't think wind can really do that.
2: I mean, right? Have you ever lived in the high desert where there's seventy mile an hour winds? The house has walls. <laughs> And, and windows. You leave a window open, you're not going to flip a bed over. Yeah, would it? Are no. you a scientist?
0: You're gonna you're gonna seriously sit there and tell me that if you leave one window open,
1: it could be a big ass window. No, in the no. high desert with all the sandstorms and haboobs, you shit. would have
0: to have a window. You'd have to have two windows open in one room to have even enough of a draft of a gust to come through. What do you live in the fucking straw house with the,
2: with the three little pigs? Yeah, the wolf was blowing on it. <laughs>
0: that's
2: what I'm saying, though. <laughs> okay.
1: That's what I'm saying. This, this shit, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't always have. Yeah, paper's going to move, but how? some people are talking about their beds being flipped over.
0: Yes, well, and I, th- for me, like, the word poltergeist, growing up and hearing about it, it's associated with more, I guess, terror, is how I'll, I'll put it. it. It's usually something that comes about when someone is feeling some sort of anger or sadness or something in their life. And... The, I guess you would call it an attack from the spirit. You know, throwing books or or dropping glasses or something is, is terrorizing you. So the the poltergeist just has a negative connotation to it, and really affects the person.
1: Let's get down to the brass tacks here. the The true evidence of a poltergeist in phasmophobia is when they start throwing shit around. <laughs> You know for a fact when you walk into that one-story home in phasmophobia and they start throwing shit around poltergeist. Yes, but that's what's funny. It's controversial. I like I like phasmophobia because some of their stuff is based off of quote unquote factual facts. Is the poltergeist is a is an a spirit, a ghost, a, a, an entity, whatever that interacts with the physical dimension. But what always fucks me up with ghost, and I and I think I believe in ghosts. I'm not 100% sure yet if I believe in ghosts. But for a ghost to exist by our laws, by Newton's law of reaction and action, two, two objects, when they're not interacting with themselves, they have to have you know equal force and mass and all these things. Well, for a ghost to be able to pass through walls and being able to grab objects, make them levitate and stuff, it doesn't add up on, in the physics realm. But that also everything supernatural doesn't add up.
0: Uh, I think when you talk paranormal, you're talking 4D. You know our laws of physics are 3D chess right now.
1: And that's a really good point.
0: Yeah, when you when you're talking 4D, now you're talking time and space. And if you have something that can surpass the 3D world, it doesn't matter what what is there. It doesn't matter if there's a wall or no wall or whatever. It can transcend time and space.
1: And that's what doesn't make sense with poltergeists. Is why? I mean, have you guys seen the movie Ghost? With Patrick Swayze? No. And yes. Debbie Moore? Okay. So, <laughs> I like to think of Poltergeist. Fuck you, Chase. You need watch some goddamn movies so you get my references, all right? Get edumacated, all right? Adrian, I'm looking at you now. Let's have a discussion. Mm. Shoot! Yeah. <laughs> he bit his lip. I love it. In that movie, for him to use to move the objects, he had to really think and concentrate and like basically train that muscle, even though he's a ghost, to actually like move the pop can and stuff. Do you think that's how, like, do you think there's any... Is there any historical evidence that backs up that some poltergeists are more powerful than others? Some are more malevolent. I don't get.
2: I'm, I'm trying to draw. I'm trying to draw connections. So, off of all the research that we have done in previous episodes as well as this one, what I really take from that is there's a form of energy that the poltergeist has to take from the individual or the individual's family, and it will basically start off with. A very subtle ghost action. And then once that poltergeist gets that kind of energy from the family, they start paying more attention to it. Then it feeds into the energy that you were talking about, where the poltergeist is able to conduct more energy to move more objects. And then that's why we have wind that's flipping over beds. So
1: if we pay more energy into this spirit... So let's just, take let's just take Chase. Chase is haunted by a poltergeist. We'll call this poltergeist Steve. Steve's haunting Chase. And he's giving a lot of BDE out there. Lots of it. And it's just, Steve's loving it. He's just like slurpy slurp slurp. Okay? <laughs> and he's getting all this energy. He draws energy from Chase, thus being able to expel energy onto the physical plane? Is that what you're saying?
2: Yes, that's what I believe is happening during these actions. Now, do I believe that poltergeists are real? No, but if they are, I feel like this is the best way to explain how they're getting this kind of muscle memory as what you brought up or the kind of energy that allows them to fulfill what they want to do.
0: Okay. I mean, I, it makes sense. I mean, I think you guys are, I think what you're looking for is a deeper answer. That I want a deeper answer. You're not going to get to in this episode. And I, that deeper answer is loosely spiritualism.
1: That's, we should, we should talk about that.
0: Because that is, from my understanding of it, is the whole thought of spirit energy and that everything in this world has an energy to it. You know, whether it's your fucking colonial lawn or it's yourself, everything has some sort of energy that attributes in this whole world. And when it dies, it just gets passed on. Okay. I and like so that. these poultry guys start feeding off your energy. And I want to put that in air quotes. I, I think we should be saying more fear. They're feeding off your fear and that fear and your emotion is giving them that energy to do what you're talking about.
2: So before we get in the history, let's go over the seven signs of poltergeist activity. Because if you guys are just in there and you're like, do I have a poltergeist? Here's the seven signs. So the first one is disappearing objects. You will notice that maybe you put your keys on the counter. Now they're not on the counter. I know I do this often, and I know it's not poltergeist because I'm just stupid. (laughs) But you know how normal people just put their wallet and keys in the same location so they could find it the next morning when they wake up and they're droggy? Well, no, I like to change it up. So then I look for 30 minutes every morning to find where my keys and wallet is. So if that's you, don't worry. You don't have a poltergeist. You're just stupid like me. (laughs) The, The next sign will be objects levitating or thrown. So, either you have a glass right in front of you, it starts levitating, you have no signs of, you know, string work happening, there's nothing that could explain why it's defying gravity, or you just have a chair that's thrown across the the room. Does this count when my wife throws plates at my head? Is that a poltergeist? No, you're just a bad husband. (laughs) (laughs) The third sign will be weird sense or sense? Or odors so if you start to smell like smoke or the smell of cigarettes kind of like in our episode hotel Colorado it will show you that you have poltergeist activity happening uh the next will be uh electrical interference so you're watching tv and for some reason your brand new 70 inch tv is cutting out and you're like wow this is a useless payment
0: Man, he's really attacking the upper class right now.
2: Yeah, privileged. Okay, you have a 30-inch TV. (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm just trying to say, let's say you have a really well-lit TV, and it starts to cut in and out. That could be a reason for it.
1: And that's interesting that we're going to have Will on next week because Will, that TV, you know what I'm talking about, Chase? Mm -hmm. It's like a 40-inch old TV or whatever. I mean, it was like... Before, like, smart TVs came out. Just before when they were still flat screen and still nice, but just before smart TVs came out. And that, that TV would always just turn on and off. And how many people have we talked to that have had TVs like that do that? I mean, look at us in our podcast room. We've had some weird electrical interference before. And we always blame it on Sean.
2: Is it a poltergeist? Yeah. Well, that that's so hard about this. Because I'd get to the next three signs and then we could get, dive deeper. But... Ghosts, poltergeists, they kind of mix together. So you don't really know what you have until you sit and see the signs for a couple weeks, a couple months, a couple years. So the next one will be power from nowhere. Let's say you're in a house that your parents owned. They leave an old clock that hasn't worked in years. Now all of a sudden the clock is working. It's spinning like crazy. It has power. You're like, what the hell? I have a oh. stopwatch like that, like
0: like my Christmas duck from 10 years ago that just randomly goes off and sings.
1: You have that, for real? Yeah. So that's funny you, you're talking about that because I have a stopwatch from literally 14 years ago when I was like 13, 14 when I started reffing lacrosse, and that fucking thing still works and beeps. I turn it off, I smash it, with, I throw it across the room, and it'll still, weeks later, just do the alarm. It just fucking goes off. It drives me and Dominic crazy. I can't get this thing to fucking die. She's like, hey, don't forget about me. I need batteries. <laughs> <laughs> how, is it not, how does our phones not do... They, they can't last more than two hours, but this fucking thing's been going 14 years strong. Nuclear. Dude, it's fucked up.
2: And the final two signs will be knocks, footsteps, or any other noises that you can't really explain. So you're sitting in your house and no one else is with you. You start hearing footsteps, that could be a sign of poltergeist activity, and then the next will be physical attacks, which are very rare and we will get into it, but doesn't really happen with these types of ghosts.
1: Okay, so we've all seen Chase, have you seen the poltergeist movie, the the 80s version? No, he hasn't. I have not. Hold, wait. Is he is he kidding? No, we talked about it this Dude. morning. I asked him
0: this morning, I'm like, so should I watch that movie?
1: <laughs> yes! I mean, if we're going to do episodes on shit like this, you've got to watch the basic source material. It, that's a it's movie. Shit. You it's can't, shit. You can't, it's a great movie. No
0: movie is source material.
1: But it gets you in the mood. Haven't you ever like watched something to kind of get into that atmosphere <laughs> and then dive deeper in?
2: <laughs> Let's what? get past that. What?
0: I don't know.
1: I don't know either. That's it's getting cut out. You probably talk about porn <laughs> probably. or something. Like yeah. before I get hard, I gotta watch I gotta I gotta rehearse. I gotta watch some big <laughs> it's the black first dude. <laughs> <me.
2: laughs>
1: You're <were> twelve. Wow. <laughs> all right. So Chase, you've not seen Poltergeist. I have not. Okay. That's uh that throws me off a train here, but all right. So let's talk a little bit about the movie Poltergeist, right? The story behind the infamous Poltergeist movie. On and we're gonna go into this was actually loosely based off of an actual family. So on the afternoon, James Herman returned home from work on February fourth, nineteen fifty-eight. He had been brought. uh, He had thought that his family had lost their minds, that or they were telling him a fanatical tale to scare him. So the house that the Hermans owned possibly was was being tainted by a poltergeist, or come to find out that possibly was one of their children. So according to Herman's wife Lucille, she and their teenage uh, child. Uh, children, excuse me, Jimmy and Lucy were enjoying some time together after the children arrived home from school when they heard popping noises coming from various places around their Seaford home. Upon investigating, they discovered uncapped bottles of several common substances uh, substances upended in several different rooms. The most troubling was a bottle of holy water spilled all over a bedroom dresser. Now hold the fucking phone. Why did these people have... A random bottle of holy water in 1958,
0: and that's the last thing a ghost is gonna touch. Is that's holy what doesn't make
1: sense to me. This is where this this story is fucked. I'm glad I didn't watch this movie. <laughs> okay, but the movie is a lot better than this story. But let, let me just give you the the loose run of the story. Okay, so the Herman uh, advises family to stay calm and to not tell anyone, right? Because back then, if you told anyone something like this, you were you were gonna go to the loony bin and you're gonna get a lobotomy. Five days later, the family was preparing to enjoy a meal when the popping sounds were heard again. And remember, these popping noises are bottles basically becoming pressurized and popping the caps off. This time, Herman investigated himself and found a mess in several rooms. Bottles were once again opened and upended. He called the police, as any logical c- civilian would do. I'll tell you right now, and side note, if something like this
2: happened to me, something supernatural, I ain't calling the cops. Actually, that that's where you're false, because... The best case of poltergeist activity actually have accounts from police officers and scientists, and that's why, from our research standpoint and where we're sitting from, we want people to call officials to make sure it's not a hoax. I'm just calling a I'm calling a paranormal investigator immediately. Fuck the cops. See, but when people are skeptical, who are they don't believe? Are they don't believe a an official of the government or a crazy paranormal paranormal investigator.
1: Well, and the word the word skeptical has gotten really constrained. Cons- conscued, excuse me. Is because it doesn't, I, and I, I hear what you're saying. It doesn't mean that somebody doesn't believe. It just means they have an open mind. So maybe if I can ensure a cop would actually listen to me, maybe I'd call the cops. But fuck that. I don't know. I don't think I would. Alright, continuing forward. Uh, he called the police, and the dispatch uh, police officer reported that he also heard the noises. So I guess that could play into a more positive outcome for this family. And he wist, he even witnessed more capless bottles and dumped contents around the home, but noted that nothing could easily explain the mystery. Later investigations by other police officers determined that the family had not been involved in the hijinks, and the house was not in any way deteriorating. So when the story became public and incidents were filmed and televised, advice poured in from around the world. But the eerie events only escalated, which, side note, Adrian... I find interesting because in a lot of cases that we've read, like the more serious research that we've done is these poltergeist cases seem to deescalate when more eyes are brought in. Did you find that as well? Yes, I did. See, and that's, and that's what doesn't make sense about this because this is totally screaming Hollywood to me, The story. Mm-hmm. But here, but
2: go ahead. It, that, that's the hard part because when you get into the hoaxes, it's, Either it escalates a bunch when there's a bunch of media or it just goes down right away. It's no in-between where it's just staying steady because what happens when you start having cameras on? Right. Sometimes
1: things happen. Sometimes things don't. If If we go into the assumption scientifically that let's just say this is an energy play and more energy, I think with media coming in, more energy is at play, you think that activity would escalate but not always the case. In this case, it did. Okay. The eerie events escalated. A Catholic police were soon invited inside to bless the house. Some, including Herman himself, blamed the popper on the teenage shenanigans. Oh, the popper being the, the bottle. Sorry. That, it's like, the popper? Who the fuck is this <laughs> this, this vigilante? <laughs> the fuck? God, bad. Great.
0: Another cartoon I had to draw. Thanks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, we appreciate you drawing those. Can't wait to see them. Um, okay, continuing. Uh, but when a cousin of Herman's visited, she witnessed bolder occurrences while the teens sat on opposite sides of the room because there was a there was a theory that the teenagers were basically causing all these these interactions in the home. Ultimately convinced that it was not the fault of anyone in his family, but fearful for their safety, Herman moved them out of their home house temporarily, which is the only sensible thing that I think you should do in a situation like this, but We'll see. It's not that, not that bad. That's where it starts to get kind of strange soon after they returned. The noises and damages resumed with a vengeance. So I guess when they leave the house, they come back, the poltergeist is pissed. They, they left, but in my research, it just doesn't make sense because the poltergeist would really attach themselves to the individual. So why wouldn't they just follow the family around? Maybe it's the house. Never makes sense to me at that point. Larger and heavier objects were being upset. So was the family. Finally, about after a month of terror, the Herman family was approached by Dr. J.B. of the director of Duke University's Parapsychology Laboratory. Rine believed that the presence of the two hormonal, putting that in parentheses because it's an important point for later, hormonal teenagers could have opened some sort of chance for psychokinesis or perhaps poltergeist activity. Though there was reportedly some dis- dissent between the scientists and Herman, Ryan's colleagues began to attempt to prove that common bottles of the household liquids with screw tops closed don't just spontaneously pop their tops off. Alas, shortly after the, the scientists arrived, the mysterious mysterious popping noises ceased. Of fucking course. Some real there's some real minds get in there and the shit stops.
0: I, again, another point. I don't want to hey, no, <laughs> I don't want to interrupt down. the stories, so I got I want to make
1: sure you get, you guys are writing these things down because I do want to get in discussion on this. All in all, between February 3rd and March 10th, nearly 70 mysterious events were recorded and witnessed by the Hermans or others. Months later, the Duke, or excuse me, the Duke. (laughs) Months later, Duke University Parapsychology Laboratory staff was still at a loss to explain what happened um, altogether. 24 years later, Hollywood took a stab at it with loosely basing the movie Poltergeist off the events. So there you go. Seen the movie Poltergeist in the 80s. They loosely based these events off of this. However, the family didn't experience any the electrical stuff that happens in the movie. The ghost dimension, the weird portal demons, the skeletons, burial ground, all these things. This story just doesn't add up to me, straight up.
0: It's great because I don't feel like I have to watch the movie now because you just explained the whole shady plot line to me.
1: Pretty much is. <laughs> it's all about an Indian burial ground. The house is built on in an Indian burial ground. Typical.
2: Typical. I think you guys are painting the picture of... Just like a, a demon possession happening during the poltergeists. All pol- poltergeists mainly do is they just mess with you. So that explains the water bottles popping off. But they're dangerous. What's dangerous? Poltergeists or demons. Which one's worse?
0: From what I'm reading, poltergeists you don't want to fuck with. So, See, and, and
2: and that's that's where I'm getting skeptical because I think if I had a poltergeist, I. I wouldn't give a shit. It would get annoying, right? You push your chair in and you come back an hour later and the chair's thrown on the ground. It's to piss me off. But they don't attack you.
0: They can. They're they, known to. They can. I, but
2: it's not evident that they do.
0: I, I will say on this one, I am kind of with you, Adrian. I'm pretty skeptical.
2: <laughs> now, are you skeptical
1: on poltergeists as a whole or just this particular story?
0: Poltergeist on a whole.
1: Okay. Even the infield Poltergeist that doesn't Ooh. that doesn't encourage your your belief in I all. feel like
0: we should get into that more before we talk about that. Th-
1: this is my favorite
0: poltergeist
1: story. All in all the movie it was it's a good movie you should watch it. The story itself I, I just don't there's just not a bunch there's not a, enough corroborative evidence. There's not enough they don't even talk about like the nitty-gritty when they when they're talking about things happening to the family. It's just like all the all the the research I could find it was just like two sentences. It wasn't like this thing actually happened. You have 70 recorded events and I can't find dick on good details. But then you on the
2: flip side, you have The Enfield Poltergeist. Right, which I absolutely love. It's based off of a family in England. They're they're called the Hodgson family. This was back in 1977. And it was a family of five, a single mother named Peggy, uh, and four daughters. Oh, I apologize. Three daughters, one one son.
1: Four people total. Four yes. kids total.
2: Yep. Uh, fun fact for Hunter to jot down is the two main daughters that the activity was mainly around were at the ages of 11 and 12, their names were Janet and Margaret. Remember, note, they are of
1: puberty age, hormonal age. That's not creepy. Just just take that little thought and hold on to it. Fuck you, Adrian. <laughs> Fuck you,
2: Chase. <laughs> Quit judging me with those judgeful eyes. But this, this story is so interesting because there has been so many events. It's been so publicized. And even the little hoax that has happened inside that house has been documented and seen as well as everything from the paranormal side has been documented and seen and they have split it up very good. So people have been able to dissect and see everything that's happened within that house during this time period.
1: So there's a lot of examples of, and I I, I know we don't want to go too in depth because we'll do an episode on the Enfield poltergeist because it's enough it's enough to talk about, about maybe one or two parts even. It's enough content. But we there's stories out there with poltergeists that are real, maybe not real, and some that are just too mysterious to even even comprehend.
2: Well, what's so crazy about this is they had scientists out there. His name was, I apologize, I know his name is Maurice Gross, who has even wrote a book, and his co-worker named Guy Leon Playfair. Uh, They stayed at this house for many months. And they documented everything they've seen. They have tape recordings of Janet. Who the ghosts used to talk. Where they used every kind of little thing to make it. So she wasn't able to change her voice. Where she wasn't able to talk. It was. They poured water in her mouth. Made her hold it with her lips closed. And talk to the ghost. And the ghost would talk through Janet. Without moving her lips. And she would then talk for a minute. Three minutes. And then they'd be like. Okay spit the water out now. And she would do it every single time. She never swallowed the water. So she was able to do a form of ventriloquist yeah so i mean we will go deeper in where we throw in the tape recordings of the little girl their voices are hilarious anyone got a good english accent Uh, i'm gonna work on it i'm
1: gonna work on it for that episode
2: it's gonna be fucking great (laughs) okay well i'll put that on my list of things to do in the movie she says biscuits
1: like all the time and it's fucking hilarious so biscuits (laughs) reverse for a second here adrian you're saying that this, this ghost actually possessed this chick to talk? Not, we... not possessed. It
2: spoke through her, you say? Yes. The ghost used her as a form to relay his message.
1: That's what, that's what really gets me about this poltergeist shit is when I think of a fucking poltergeist, I think of books coming off the shelf. But the more you do into stuff and the more research you see, they actually can interact with anything. Including a voice box.
2: Well, <clears throat> the thing about this occurrence, I apologize for cutting you know, it's okay. off, Chase, but he does do all of that, and he—the first instance he does is when the two girls are in the room, and they're freaking out, and he throws the bookshelf in front of the door so the mother isn't able to go check on the daughters and from that it's glasses falling down messing with the water heater to messing with the tv when the girls are staying at home to all these different forms and even in the second occurrence they called the police and the police notice that the chair is wobbling then it's pulled then they go to check that there's no strings making this chair move up and down they had no explanation then that's what makes this story so great is there is so many people trying to explain it and it was so popularized that no one could say what happened. It was never debunked. Yeah. That's the disconnect for me, though. <clears throat> you sit
0: here and you say, and you and well, we've looked up, yes, <clears throat> on the back end of what you just said, that is all poltergeist activity. I'll agree with you on that. But when you're saying that the ghost is using her to speak, that's not what a poltergeist does. That's what I'm saying. A poltergeist doesn't sit there and try to communicate. The communication is it's feeding off of of someone's fear or emotion and causing harm to get more of that
2: reaction so they have more energy to do what they want to do. Well, that's why he started speaking. He got more harm and terror from the family and scientists.
1: Doesn't at some point he write in a book or something, The Spirit? Or am I thinking of a different case? Because... I this is what's weird about the Enfield case is, it's the only one where you get a, a vocal cue from this ghost from this poltergeist. But in a lot of cases, they don't speak through the voice. They they write down on on notebooks and write. And so stuff bas- like that. so
0: basically, he's the super poltergeist.
1: Uh, this dude's fucking mega delta alpha omega ding dong dude poltergeist.
2: What what I, I really take from all this poltergeist activity, I think all the throwing of objects and. The throwing of bookshelves, beds, whatever. It's, it's an entity that's trying to stay in one location because they, have, they had such a good uh, relationship with that property. So we get many stories where it's a bowling alley cellar where there's a connection between the ghost and its former self and they don't know how to let go. So just like the Enfield poltergeist, guys, it was an old man who used to live there. He died in the uh the reclining chair and he lived there for so long he couldn't take he his spirits. Yeah. Yes. So I think he was trying to tell his story and why and he had so much energy from how how many people kept going there that he was able to depict his voice. So I want to get into this opinion, some of the opinion stuff, and maybe some other
1: stories and whatnot. But, yeah. Adrian, you're saying that you think these poltergeists are location-based, not necessarily person-based. Yes. That's your opinion. Okay. Chase? I, I,
0: I'm i going to use this time to do my whole segment since you guys talked the whole time. Yes. Uh, I want to start off first with just briefing back over kind of what a poltergeist is. Sure. So, I'm not going to lie, the poltergeist movie was so boring I was looking up articles about poltergeist (laughs) (laughs) good deal and i'm only going to cite this one but i I just want to make this very clear that this was probably the fourth or fifth one that i article that i read that said the same fucking thing it's literally like some dude wrote a post on reddit and everybody copy pasted it that's how annoying this is so this one's from bustle.com written by nina khan and it kind of goes into the difference between ghosts poltergeists, and demons but again fucking identical it's like everybody copy pasted each other I just want to read this last segment <clears throat> and it kind of goes along with everything we've said so far. So this last part of, of poltergeist is unlike ghosts, poltergeist are said to feed directly off of the emotional state of a particular person rather than being linked with a place. Uh, in quotes, poltergeist are not angry spirits seeking retribution, but psychic disturbances surrounding an unhappy person, often a teenager. And as stated by ghosts and gravestones, some experts... And that was another article. I did read that one. Same fucking copy-paste, as you can tell. Some experts explain it as a mass form of energy that a living person is controlling unknowingly. For this reason, poltergeists are known to follow energy or a person rather than occupying a particular space like a ghost does. And the reason they're known to be linked with teenagers is because of the extra strong emotions and turmoil that comes with adolescence and puberty. So again, that goes with pretty much everything we've kind of been talking right now, especially between these two stories in particular. What I want to talk about is uh, Hunter actually sent over a video from YouTube. It was like the top six or. Yeah. Did you guys watch it? I did. I watched it today.
1: It was, it was good enough to watch for sure.
0: It was one of those where it was like, I don't know, 60, 40 speculatory versus like, Oh, that might actually be real. Right. This is where I think it's all a fucking hoax. You can clearly tell in some of these videos, some motherfuckers pulling a string on some shit or set up some mechanical stuff. To send bottles off a shelf or, um, you know, plates off a table, moving chairs. That stuff's pretty explainable, especially when it's a jolting motion. When it's not just a smooth little, like, and it looks like someone's ripping it out of the fucking hole. I can't, there's no fucking way. Right. Right? Now, however, one of the, the videos on that segment in particular, there was one where it was like the whole kitchen was just getting absolutely destroyed. Yeah. Again, I could see someone rigging this, right? But on the flip side is, is that person really going through that much, A, financial cost to add motors to all his cabinets, to all his chairs, pulling strings, shit like that, right? right. Adrian's agreeing that, yes, someone would do that. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> I-, I mean, I don't know if we want to bring it up because there's still a few more stories. Because I totally back up everything you're saying. The The only reason why I'm not taking the skeptical side of the Enfield one compared to your side on the Poltergeist one, the Herman House one, and trust me, we're going to get into a f- few other ones that are complete bullshit, and I'm going to agree completely with you, it's just because of the extensive research. Fair enough. So...
0: But to counteract my point, because I love counteracting myself, because I feel like that's how you really form a good opinion. That's how we right? Get better. That's yeah. how you can't just be one sided. You have to see both sides.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm actually linking this oddly enough to a video that Asia and I watched this morning. It was, um, what is that show? It, it's
2: called uh, Night Shift.
0: That's it. It was just paranormal
2: Night Shift. On okay. Disney? Pl- oh, not Disney on Post, uh, Dis- P- Discover no, Plus. On Paramount. Discovery? No, no. You guys all, all failed.
0: failed. I don't even think it's
1: called. It's that. on Netflix. Let me look it up real quick because it's right freaking here. And that's what's weird is you you see these little move, these little shows and shit, and it just keeps building more evidence. That ma- I'm so skeptical on this, but it just keeps building more and more. Okay. Yeah, no,
0: Adrian's right. Paranormal Night Shift on Discovery+. Plus. I literally just randomly pulled this video up, or this show, TV show up this morning when we were sitting around plowing, snow plowing. And uh, the very first episode, one of them um, out of the three was a lady who opened up Uh, a new restaurant slash bar. Now, this place had some history to it that she didn't know beforehand um, until all these events started happening to her. But these events start off very poltergeist-esque, right? It starts off with um, glasses just randomly falling and breaking. And then next thing you know, in in one of the rooms, there's just these uh, noises that are not attributed to anything. Like, nothing is actually falling or breaking, but there's noises. It gets to a point where you know, she starts to get freak out, freaked out, including um, the other uh, coworkers she has there with them. They're all getting freaked out. So now I can see, based off this definition, there's this very high level of psychic energy that's going into this entity and causing it to do more to the point where now this uh, this per- this entity is now, according to this lady, following her around because of that emotion. Long story short, the, the story is, is that it was an old um, mansion, uh, this family and one of the daughters, something happened to her, but she hung herself.
2: She, uh, her husband left her during oh, wedding day. Oh,
0: before, yeah. Before the the wedding. So she hung herself. Strong
1: emotional yes. response.
0: So the whole thing has been very emotional. And, and this isn't a teenager, mind you too. This is an older lady who, you know, invested a lot of her, uh, financials and emotion in this place. And she really wanted to succeed. So you have these varying levels of emotion that now is attached with this poultry guys. That's, that's the 40% part that I, I believe that maybe this is a real thing.
1: But a real thing, manifestation of the mind. The power of the mind.
0: But – Maybe. It's the veil, right?
2: Right? What, what I think is so crazy about it and all the stories that I've read from just random people and accounts is they make, they make this whole investment. It could be from getting the dream job to buying a property – to even these houses where a single mother, or mother of four, she can't afford to just get up and move. Right. So, what? How how do they take on these occurrences? They don't want it to happen unless we get into these other stories, like the Amityville horror, mm-hmm. as well as Jeff the mongoose case. <laughs> that that's a tulpa. We need to be careful. No, no, one. it is a poltergeist case. What? Yes. I did
1: I did read that briefly in one of my I'm one sticking of my a top on that one. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's one of those things. hmm And uh, do you have more, Adrian? Uh no, you could cut in. So okay. And we're getting to some really good fucking meat and potatoes here because that 60% you're talking about is bullshit, right? Could be bullshit. Yes. 40% could be true. This could be a manifestation of the mind. This could actually be a spirit. I don't really know what my opinion is on this. But you brought up a point earlier, and I wanted to read this um, from from an adverb from the founder of Spiritism, uh, Alan okay. Kardec. Okay. Because right. you said Spiritism. Yes. He actually that. has this written down that poltergeists are manifestations, not manifestations, of disembodied spirits of low level belonging to the sixth class of the third order. Upon this explanation, they are believed to be closely associated with the elements. There's a left, hit, left hook, left field hit there, right? In spiritism, possibly we can manifest and empower these entities. That just like a topa, they don't exist until we give power to them. But then again, on the contrast, the Enfield case. There's this thing that just happens out of nowhere. Do people really want these things to come to them? Because in most cases, these poltergeists are nothing but trouble. It's not a good fortune to them.
0: What I read into this is, you're you're not like this poltergeist or entity or spirit, whatever the hell you want to fucking call it. Before it's a poltergeist, let's just say, right? It, it's not, it's not stuck in one location, right? It is the way I see it is that it is an, a traveling entity that is. Near the vicinity of someone with emotional trauma.
1: So that that spiritism thing I just said about the elements, there is the theory, and there is actually scientific research to back this up, that water holds memory, okay? And in some things on on Adrian's theory that that poltergeists are maybe more location-based than person-based in a lot of these older homes, because why do these hauntings always happen in older homes, right? We can talk more about Will's thing tomorrow, uh, next, next, not tomorrow, next episode your house, you know, not, not that old of a home, right. That's, that is, that's haunted, I think. But there's a couple points I want to make is this is weird, but brick homes in a lot of back then, a lot of homes were made of brick and almost 15% of the, of brick is made up of water. And so in some of these old reoccurring hauntings, some theories point towards that possibly energy and memory is held in this water, and water being a conduit of many things, that maybe some of these spirits, and we're talking about 4D here, we're talking about spirit realm, right? That some of these spirits come come into power and maintain some part of their memory. Maybe it's disembodied from their actual consciousness. They remain in the home, in the brick home, whatever, we could look into that more when we actually start ghost hunting, see if the home is actually brick, that they remain memory inside the home and that a person's emotions and energy brings out that power from the brick and then thus a poltergeist.
0: We just went really Alistair Crowley on you Isn't guys. Isn't that
1: fucking <laughs> wild though?
2: <laughs> we're, and we're this not is that backed up.
1: This is facts. I mean, mem- water holds memory with substances it interacts with. So what are we to say that we don't understand substance that deeply? We don't understand spirit, consciousness, whatever. Is it interacting deeper than we know? And then we as spiritism, as, 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 as embodied energy beings are fucking pulling that shit out of the house. And thus a poltergeist. I don't know, but that, Hey, I'm just dropping some bombs on you guys. It's all theories, man.
0: Everything is a theory in the end of the day. Right?
2: Truly, we don't
1: know shit about fuck.
0: Nope.
2: Absolutely not. Uh, before we get on our final opinions, I know you guys have heard many of our opinions already. We're going to go into why we really think it's a—it's hard to believe because of all the documented cases where many people have found hoax. So the first one is, of course, the famous Amityville horror. Uh, this is the case where the family moved in about a year after... Uh, Robert DeFeo Jr. had murdered his whole family. And right when they moved in, they started seeing a bunch of unusual events. During this period, they were really reaching out to the media and trying to get people to come to the house. And instead of trying to find what's behind the activity, they were just using it as a money source. It was many times they saw that they had set up a a rig to make the chair pull just like chase said it would fling by as well as glass being pushed off there's many instances where people went in there they noticed that this family was up to all these actions
1: and that's what makes it hard for me to believe in poltergeists i'm like 70% don't believe 30% skeptically believe because that's just a very famous case, and there's a bunch of others that show that poltergeists aren't real; they're just hoaxes. What people are creating, not manifestations of their mind, they are straight up creating these events to get money, to bring attention to themselves, or it's just a it's an adolescent that's just rebellious and wants to fuck with the household.
2: I have one question to end this whole episode off. With. Oh, so my question to both of you, since. We did our very favorite episode about Hotel Colorado in all three parts. is It's trying to go back to the smell of perfume that you guys notice in the lobby. And how that's connected to Poltergeist. So how is it that you guys are so skeptical about Poltergeist when you guys went to a hotel that is most likely haunted by Poltergeist?
1: I don't think it's Poltergeist.
2: I,
0: I would say the same thing. I don't think it's poltergeist because I, I think there needs to be a very clear definition between poltergeist and the rest of the paranormal.
1: Ghost types. Yeah. yeah. Entities, whatever. Sure.
0: The the like, well, like I've said several times already in this episode is the poltergeist is something that is attaching to a person in emotional turmoil. And it's causing things to come off shelves. It's causing things to be pulled away. It's causing emo- even more emotional trauma to feed off of that. See, that is everything that we're reading off of this, right? And, hold and, on,
1: hold on, hold on.
0: You got your, you'll get your fucking, wing! you get your minute there, big Stop boy. The you just boy. That you can't, like, you had to draw a line somewhere, right? And just because you smell a perfume that's associated with a ghost, associated to a story of a ghost, right, doesn't mean that it's a poltergeist.
2: I, I, I think you're totally forgetting these stories within Hotel Colorado where you're you're focusing on books falling off a shelf. Well, how about the wallpaper in the room that wouldn't be put up and they kept taking the the wallpaper off? That's not malevolent though. Yes it is. Here's okay. The, the, how is the, that malevolent? The, it's Listen. the same thing as
0: putting uh taking the books off in the, the glass. Give this orangutan this fucking moment. <laughs>
1: Listen, <laughs> guys, you're playing into the the brick shit, the water shit. In Hotel Colorado, we talked about when they tried to remodel the, the home, or the, excuse me, that room, and they the the, the wallpaper was always fucked with. The renovations never got done in that place, okay? Well, what's interesting about the theory behind the brick, the brick theory, and Hotel Colorado is primarily brick, we know that, is when you remodel these places, renovate these places, In in and this is internet, internet stories, the... When you expose the brick or change in the structure, you expose that energy. You expose that memory, that energy that is stored within the structure, and you cause basically immediate energy dispersal, and the the, the entity comes out. I don't know if it's a poltergeist. I don't know if it's just some fucking spirit, but in Hotel Colorado, there really might be something poltergeist-related. I'm not 100% there yet, but I'm seeing it.
0: Here's my counterpoint, Adrian. You've got two smells in that hotel, right? You've got the perfume from the lady for the lover's triangle, right? I can understand that. A lady got viciously murdered as part of a lover's triangle. She roams the halls of Hotel Colorado and you can smell her perfume. I can see how that could be attributed to a poultry guest because there's negative energy associated with that, right? Counterpoint. You have Walter DeVoe, DeVoe, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, who was the owner and uh, uh, original founder of Hotel Colorado. He didn't die uh, malevolently. He just, as far as if I remember right, he just died. Yeah, his old age. And you can smell a cigar smoke in the hotel.
2: And what was one of the signs of poltergeist activity? It was smells. smelling cigarettes.
0: One of the seven signs that you initially said is bullshit, but just saying.
2: Oh no! I so now you guys went on your opinion. I was playing devil's advocate. I think this is complete bullshit. <laughs> I you <laughs> made us go through all emotional. Man, I got angry at him. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, that, it was it's good my hotel, in Colorado. Fuck! I was trying to speak for the listeners that do believe this, and there's so many signs and. A lot of stories where I do believe, I don't know if it's a poltergeist. It could be a spirit. Or it could just be your mind playing tricks on you. But the fact that many poltergeist cases have just been known to be hoax and uh, money grabbers for poor families that are trying to make a money grab, its uh, it's too hard to think that all of this activity is happening.
1: This might be one of those things that in like 200 episodes, we actually figure out what we actually think of Poltergeist.
0: I just want you to know that when I die and if you're still alive after my death and you smell dirty butthole, I'm a Poltergeist haunting you.
1: (laughs) I figured. Okay. And... (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to bring up another point, but I just fucking lost it. But here's the point. So, yeah, yeah, it could be a lot of these things we talked about. There's even... I even read a story that... There was this psychic who was debunking – a psychic was debunking Poltergeist, which just mind fucks the shit out of, my, out of me on, on that sentence. But he was able to debunk it in such a luck – shit-ass luck way. He basically predicted this book flying off the shelf, and he predicted predicted it to the dot, and he he said this is going to happen. He, he predicted two events in, in concession, and they did happen, yet – he was a famous, quote-unquote, and I should pull up his stuff, but we're running out of time. Famous, um, uh, psych, he used his psychic powers to move objects. And a lot of situations that I found on the internet is that poltergeist sometimes are just human manifestation of, of mental will, and they're able to move objects. There's this whole weird energy theory out there that we can actually move objects with our mind, and it's been replicated a few times with some of these psychics, luck or not. And maybe that's just all poltergeists are is just like uncontrolled energy that's just flurling around and tickling buttholes. I don't really know.
0: That basically just sounds like the exact scene in South Park when they try and sue the creator of the toilet.
1: Good to do. You don't remember that part? No, please <laughs> keep jogging my memory. Keep jogging my that memory. That is
0: when Clyde forgets to put down the toilet seat and his mom sits oh, down. Yeah. And <laughs> she gets it. stuck, right? Yeah. So <laughs> then they go to a lawyer to sue yeah. the the creator of the toilet. Well, he's been dead, you know, because from 1800s, or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so they're like, all right, we're going to do a Sue Oh, I remember. us <laughs> <laughs> They sue the
1: ghost. Right. He's like, I've never
0: dealt with a spirit this powerful. Uh, I need another $500 in this box <laughs> as the tables rattling and shit.
1: I mean that, that's, that basically sums up my, my, my uh, opinion on poltergeist. <laughs> I think they're mostly made up. Sue wants
2: Well guys, if you really enjoyed the episode and you have your opinions on poltergeist activity, please shoot us an email at stuckinthispurgatory@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Go look at all of our new posts on Instagram. We're going to try expanding out, showing you guys some of the stuff that we see during researching on Instagram. We're going to try getting into the Twitter world. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. So once I find out our Twitter handle, I will shout it out. Our Instagram handle is still at stuckinthispurgatory. And we will also be posting most of our research onto our TikTok through some rails at stuck in this purgatory.
0: So don't forget guys, uh, to go, go to our Instagram page. Um, that is where the link tree is. And that will take you to all the links. If you're a lazy fuck and don't want to do yourself. So it's quick, easy way. Uh, don't forget to check out our Patreon. I have noticed with our link tree that we have been getting a couple clicks on that. So that is fan freaking tastic news. I love seeing that. So please give us a look on that uh, link tree to make sure you check out all our content. If you guys have any Poltergeist stories yourself, we would love to hear them. Like we mentioned, we're going to have a guest on uh, next week, and he's going to be talking about his experience in this house, which I think is very Poltergeist-esque. That's why we are doing this episode before his spotlight. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for the love and support we've gotten. These last couple of weeks have freaking blown up for us, so I hope that we can only keep up the
1: process and we can keep up the good content for you guys. I honestly can't believe how fast we're growing i'm very humbled and and just honored to you know sometimes when we're talking i feel like we're just talking to the three of us but people are actually listening and hearing us talk and I'll, I'll i'll be honest on air you know life's been tough lately these last two years of it's been really hard and you guys bring us a lot of joy and happiness and this is a an intro topic for what's to come next week with this really scary shit that will's gonna talk about about his aunt's house and red rocks there's a little teaser for you red rocks is gonna be involved red rocks amphitheater if you're not from colorado one of the most famous concert venues in the world and for all those poltergeists out there if you're stuck in the in purgatory just remember you know we're here too we're all stuck in this purgatory